Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it is November 26th. Welcome to Think for Yourself. I'm Carol Gold. I hope you all had an enjoyable Thanksgiving. I did as well. And had the opportunity in the past few days, actually, to listen to three presentations that I think together provide all of us with some pretty interesting and perhaps novel ways to deal with what I think is going to be a very challenging year ahead of all of us, economically, politically, socially, spiritually, in every way possible. So let me get into what I took away from three presentations, one by Joe Dispenza, one by Jordan Peterson, and one by Tucker Carlson. Joe Dispenza is a self-help guru of sorts. He's in that self-help community. And his specialty is the mind-body connection. He's written books, he does live workshops, he gives seminars. And the particular seminar that I listened to delved into Dispenza's belief that we are not our bodies. Now, he's not unique to that, right? I mean, every probably religion in the world at some point, whether it's mainstream or in its mystical end, alludes to the fact that we are consciousness, we have a soul, we are something beyond what the physical body is. But Dispenza takes that in a particular direction, and it's this. And I'll go through the example that he gives because I think it's the clearest way to understand it. If you work from the premise that you have a consciousness that is separate from your body, then if you envision that consciousness, that awareness, sort of above and outside of your body as a first step, so you're moving your awareness sort of above and outside of your body, and then if you envision that conscious awareness to be also outside of or above all physical matter, and then you take it outside of or beyond earth itself, you're moving the consciousness more and more outward, let's say, upward and outward, for lack of better words, and then your consciousness is beyond the sky, and then it's beyond our galaxy, and then beyond our universe, and then beyond the metaverse, that ultimately you arrive at a place where there's nothing but pure consciousness. There's nothing but the awareness itself, which is infinite and eternal. And comprised within that awareness that exists in and of itself is infinite possibility. Within that consciousness exists the possibility for everything and anything that has ever or will ever exist. So if you can envision that place, if you can get yourself to that place where your consciousness originates and where all possibility exists by the mere selection of it out of that consciousness, then you can imagine or visualize or choose 
that which you want to manifest or to materialize out of the infinite possibilities that exist and thereby you create the life you want to live. Or let's say you create the experiences that you want to have. You manifest them into physical reality out of all pure potentiality. Okay, that's Dispenza. Then I listened to Jordan Peterson. As you know, Peterson's a Canadian professor or former Canadian professor. He's an author. He's a psychologist. He's a media commentator. And he is a powerful force in articulating a particular perspective on where civilization is at this time, particularly Western civilization, and where, in his opinion, not so much does it need to go, but what it needs to do to, as I like to say, right the ship that is currently partially capsized. In a completely different context and with different choice of words, but yet within the same paradigm as the Spenza, Peterson starts to talk about moving from a limited physical material world to infinite consciousness. So he's really taught, or the higher good, as he likes to say. He replaces, I guess, that infinite consciousness that Dispenza uses with this concept of a higher good. And he actually uses the analogy of Jacob's ladder from the Bible as his reference point, meaning you move up that ladder toward the ultimate good. And he talked about how you get from that lower material bound consciousness and create the life you want and the world you want to live in that is born of that higher or broader conscious awareness. And the example that Peterson gives, which is a very simple example, is teaching his son how to set the table. He said at, I don't know, two years old or three years old, he taught his son how to set the table. And then he said, well, of course, that's not necessarily possible because at two or three, you can't really teach a child per se how to set the table because they don't understand the whole concept. But he said, you can say to your two-year-old, you know what a fork is? The child will say yes. And you say, you know where we keep the forks? And the child says yes. And you say, go to the drawer where the fork is and bring me a fork. So your child patters across the room, opens the drawer, reaches up on his tippy toes because he can't quite reach the drawer, feels around inside with his hand, finds the fork and brings it back to you. And you set it on the table. And then you say, go to the drawer and get me a spoon now. So the child goes through the same process. And then he jokes and he says, and then you can have your child go get a dish if you want to trust a two-year-old with a dish and tell it to bring it back to the table. And he said, slowly but surely, you're teaching your two-year-old how to set a table. And then when the meal comes, you're teaching your two-year-old how to sit down and be social. And then when you sit at the table and are social with the other adults and you talk and you engage the child as well, you're teaching that child how to function in the broader society. And he takes that all the way out to the point where you've now begun to teach what will later be an adult how to function both narrowly within the confines of his own immediate environment, but also out there in society, and you are helping form a highly functioning member 
productive member of society with good values. And then I listened to Tucker Carlson, who, of course, I guess if you don't know who he is, you're sort of not conscious, but he's a political commentator and not too long ago fired from Fox and now has a tremendous following, multi-millions on X. So Carlson was giving a presentation in Las Vegas about four or five days ago, and he spoke of how, practically speaking, in essence, you break out of that lower consciousness that both Peterson and Dispenza were also addressing. And while Carlson admits that he doesn't know the solution to all that we're experiencing right now in our world, particularly in the West, but he does know the first step, he said. And the first step is telling the truth. The truth is the first step. Because he goes on to say that lies, the telling of them, the repeating of them, the refusal to oppose them, the active support of them, enslaves you to a consciousness wherein you don't think for yourself. And therefore, you are unable to even begin the process of ascending to a level of consciousness where you get to create your reality rather than live enslaved to someone else's reality. Interesting to me that there's a thread through all three presentations. And that thread is the limitation of living a small, narrow, myopic, lie-based existence, or in Peterson's example, or in Dispenza's example, not an existence based on higher principles, not based on the truth of what it is you perceive, but rather what someone else perceives and then imposes upon you and forces you to agree to and to live by, that thread is throughout all three presentations. Coincidentally, during these last same few days that I listened to these three, I'm reading a book that I think I mentioned on my just prior podcast, last week's Sunday podcast, called Rape of the Mind by Juiced Mirlu. Mirlu's a Norwegian, or was, I, I'm not sure he's still alive. He may, he may be. He, his last book was written in 2015. He probably is. He's a Norwegian doctor, medical doctor, and a psychiatrist who is internationally acclaimed for his expertise, for his scholarship, for his accomplishments in his career. And in a particular chapter of the book, he talks about mental contagion and mass delusion and how that has been successfully applied to Western civilization, particularly in, I would say, the last 50 to 70 years. And he says that it's based upon the success of that imposition of a mental contagion and mass delusion is based upon playing to human fears. And it's done by lies that are repeated and enforced. And then he goes on to say how technology has been and continues to be used to manipulate and enslave us to those very lies. So things like girls can be boys and vice versa. Or transitioning minor children is right. Or... Hamas is a social agency and a resistance movement, not a terrorist organization as stated in its charter. Or war without end is purposeful. 
or Joe Biden is not senile, or the economy is good, or 7 to 10 million illegal immigrants from every country imaginable on the planet, even from countries where our adversaries are the governing institutions, pose no harm to our country. Those lies repeated 24-7 through the technology, which is being used as the delivery system for those lies, designed to escalate the fear level, is exactly what we're experiencing, and it's exactly what Mirlu says is the means and the method, the intention and the goal of mass manipulation, of mass delusion, and of mental contagion. Why? Why is that being done? Well, it makes us more likely to be anxious, all that fear-based news. It makes us more likely to be submissive, to cower and cooperate, to open to any solution or any person or any system that reduces the anxiety that we feel as a result of the build-up fear. It's been done by dictators throughout time. It's been done by totalitarian systems throughout time. The difference is the technology today. You know, you often hear people say that, you know, had Hitler had the technology that is at the fingertips of many dictators and totalitarians today, he would have made a lot more progress than he made. Well, we're here now. Those personalities still exist in the world. And now so does the technology. So does the ability to mass manipulate the entire world with delusions and lies and to spread mental contagion. So when I put together Carlson's importance of truth as a first step in writing the ship of civilization with Dispenza's point that we are pure consciousness and can through an awareness of that consciousness and a deliberate selection choose from infinite possibility what it is we want to experience. Because remember, and maybe I didn't go into this enough when I talked about Dispenza's philosophy, but we choose our world by the thoughts we have, right? And so we don't realize that we have thoughts that repeat over and over and over in our head that are kind of default thoughts that continue to recreate over and over again the situations that we precisely don't want to have. So Dispenza is really talking about moving outside of all of those thoughts, moving to a place where we're pure consciousness, and then reselecting, in essence, the kinds of thoughts we want to have manifest in the physical world. When you combine Carlson with Dispenza and you add Peterson's practical steps of how you accomplish that, meaning one small step at a time to build a solid foundation based not only on the accomplishments you're trying to achieve ultimately, but also grounded and founded in the truth that Carlson speaks of, when you combine those three and then you think about Merlu's in-depth research on how totalitarianism and dictatorships in all their ugly forms have used fear and continue to use fear and now fear plus technology to keep us from doing exactly the very processes that Dispenza and Peterson and Carlson lay out for us, then I caution you. I caution you now more than any other time in human history, 
to think for yourself. Because in thinking for yourself and deciding what you choose to think for yourself will not only empower you, because as Carlson made the point, and I know this to be true in my own life because I have lived it my whole life, I actually believe that no matter what adversity I've ever been through, I have survived it and to this day survive any adversity that comes my way because I refuse to live in lies. I prefer the truth always, and I think it has made me incredibly strong. I have my shortcomings. I have my weaknesses. We all do. I'm human like everybody else. But I take tremendous strength from knowing that I can face the truth. And if the truth means facing that I've been wrong about something, then so be it. That acknowledgement only makes me stronger. And that makes me not subject to mass delusion. That makes me not very available to be manipulated in my thinking. Because above all else, I seek the truth. And this is what Carlson was saying. He was saying that even in his own life, he has come to physically experience the power, the personal power, the empowerment that comes from facing truth, from speaking truth, and from refusing to back down from truth, from refusing to cooperate in the lie. So earlier in the podcast, I named a bunch of lies that we are currently inundated with every day. And I know that all of us get frustrated because we feel like, well, I'm just one person. What do I do? I'm just one person. How, you know, what do I do about endless wars? What do I do about an open border? And again, I'll refer to Carlson because he gave a great example. He said, it isn't a matter of calling your congressman or writing a letter or running for office or showing up at a school board meeting. It's much easier than all of that and requires much less stepping out of your everyday life. It's as simple as the blue-collar worker showing up for his or her job in a factory and saying to the HR expert, "Mm, no, I'm not attending the DEI seminar. Nope, not going to the DEI training. That simply isn't where it's at because I don't support racism against any race based on skin color alone. So no, I'm not, I simply won't participate. Can you imagine what happens to all of these people in positions of power when the majority of the population, because they are the minority, they are not the majority. Can you imagine what happens when enough of us say, nope, sorry, I'm just not going to participate in that lie. I'm just not going to participate in that falsehood. I will not support you in your attempt to enslave me. I will not cooperate in my own enslavement. I will not twist my own mind into a pretzel to turn the lie into the truth in order to satisfy you and your agenda. My allegiance is to a higher purpose. My allegiance is to the highest good. My allegiance, if you're religious, is to God. And God is based on truth because the foundation of everything that exists, whether it's a building or a culture or a society or a civilization, must be strong. And a strong foundation cannot be built on a falsehood. It can only be built on the truth. I have never been more certain that I was inspired to name this podcast 
think for yourself. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold, and I'll be back here again next Sunday. And I don't need to say one more time what I normally say when I close this episode. I've said it several times throughout. Have a great week, everybody. Be back here again next Sunday. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.